Welcome to the Good Stuff Podcast with me, Kevin. And me, Izzy. Join us as we stumble through 20 minutes or so searching for the good stuff going on in the world to remind ourselves that not everything is going to shit. I think you should really change that to being 30 minutes or so, just so the or 40, average... Or yeah. 40, yeah, it's fair. So look, yeah. it's been a long, as ever... As ever, we have been told off by our a editor. Long day's night yet again. We have been away a long time, but anything that's good is worth waiting for. So here we are. We're back. Episode two, effectively, of season two, and we are two, talking two. about good bacteria. And we finally guess who we've sort of got on board. I mean, she's not in the room with us, but this is really the next best thing, as far as we could get, is our. Goat lady. Goat that's lady. What everyone's Sorry, her. Rachel, that's what you've They're become known as. They're actually calling her a goat lady. That's what people have been saying. Sort of, when's your goat lady coming on? Um, but yeah, we have Rachel Yarrow of um, Norton Yarrow Cheese. Um, officially, she was just telling me on her marriage certificate, she is an artisan cheesemaker and goat farmer. So that must be true if it's on the certificate. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Rachel. Um, I've not met you before, but I've now met you through the phone. So nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. I'm a bit gutted there's no free cheese, I'll be honest. I know. Damn. I know. That is the downside of not being in person. I would definitely definitely be cheese tasting if I was... Oh, don't. crackers ready and everything. It's it's our fault. It's mostly (laughs) our fault, let's be honest. So our little podcast has been looking at well-being and Mm -hmm. we are interested in sort of cheese. Well, we love cheese, so it always... um, but do you like cheese, Izzy, or are you dairy intolerant? I love cheese, but I'm a little bit lactose no, problem now. Yeah. I've started to discover that maybe, maybe, thanks to good bacteria, although I am fairly lactose intolerant, goat's cheese is really not too bad. Thank goodness. Yeah, I think it's really the, the cow that's the bad thing. Um, well, it's also the style of cheese. There are two things at play there. One is that the... Goat's milk and cow's milk have a slightly different structure, um, and that can um, make people who can't tolerate cow's milk um, more tolerant of uh, goat's milk. And then the other thing is that um, a lot of goat's milk cheeses are a style of cheese called a lactic cheese, which is what I was telling you about before, which Mm -hmm. is basically the lactic acid bacteria have converted all of the lactose in the milk um, into... Well, into lactic acid, so they they have a low pH, um, and there's not much lactose left in them. So that as well is a, a reason you might be getting on well with them. You can also get cow's milk cheeses that are that style, but it's very common that goat's milk cheeses are made that way. So um, yeah, there's some science behind your um, observation. Um, <laughs> so Rachel, can you tell us a bit about how you came to be? I was going to call you a goat herder. Sorry, I'm just obsessed with sound of music. But um, (laughs) can you tell me how you came to start looking after goats? So I used to be a teacher, secondary school English teacher. Um, Wow. Natural progression there. Yeah. (laughs) And then when I was on holiday with my... um, um, other half Fraser uh, about 10 years ago actually it was we um, happened to read an article in a woman in home magazine that had been left in the villa we were staying in which was about a, well it was about cheese makers and one of them had goats um, and I read it out as a bit of a joke um, and then when we were on the plane home sort of moaning about our jobs that we were going back to um, I think one of us made a joke that we should become cheesemakers and somehow that turned into a <laughs> serious conversation over a gin and tonic on the plane and then uh, yeah we decided to um, give it a go I mean I was always a bit of an animal kind of person um, and 
uh, I don't know, yeah, for some reason it really captured our imagination. So um, about 18 months later, we got our first goats. Um, and uh, about 20 months later, we sold our first cheeses. Wow. And, um, yeah. So you moved pretty there, quickly. Really. So that was about eight years ago, just over eight years ago that we were doing that, that stuff. And and how does, like, I mean, if I was going to do something like, how the hell do you find goats? Do you just go to, I mean, is there like a goat dating site or something? It's or not, a, they're not dating them. No, but you know what I mean? How do you, I mean, you, you knew nothing about it. Actually, um, it was, this is one of my um, pet hates about the archers is that they, um, whenever they like want to get a new farm animal or a new breed or something, they're always just like, oh, we're going to get them. And then they've arrived. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that at all. No. Because um, you want to make sure that they've, um, you're getting goats. Well, we were looking for a particular breed, and then you want them to be um, have a certain health status and kind of be tested for various diseases. Um, and then no one sells their best goats, obviously. Um, so you need to find someone who's kind of reputable, and then they often only want to sell the kids. They don't want to sell the adult milkers because, you know, they're their best goats. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was quite a slow, yeah, basically emailing lots of people in the British Goat Society and the um, Anglo-Nubian Goat Breed Society and um, trying to convince them that we they should sell us some goats, even though we'd never kept goats before. Um, and, yeah. Ah, so they have to want to give them to you as well? As in it matters who they're selling it to? Yeah, I mean, you can go to market and buy livestock that way, but you never know really where they're coming from. And mm. you want to buy like, pedigree animals and you want to know like what sort of... Um, disease status the herd's got that you're buying from then you need to do it that way yes no, I was going to say it's not like Jack and the Beanstalk where you just rock up with some beans and then just get, get a, a cow no but yeah no there's quite a lot involved no. so but I mean the fact that you were able to just I think that's amazing to go from being a teacher, being on a plane, having a gin and tonic, and then being and as a joke. Yeah, and as a joke. It's a good job you said <laughs> goats and not something else. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously it was there was a quite a few steps. There was a lot more to it than that. Yeah, I've simplified it. Yeah, um, sort of uh, bloody mindedness of like we are going to do this, and lots of you know courses, and just generally emailing, and calling, and turning up at people's places and saying, "Can we see your goats?" Or you know, we see how you make cheese and. The nice thing about the sector is that um, people are really nice on the whole. Like 90% of our sand cheese makers are really nice people. And um, so, yeah, that kind of helps. And your first, your first, sorry, is it? I'm really fascinated by this. When you made your first cheese, did you just eat it or did you sell it? Oh, our first cheese was not edible. So, oh. um, <laughs> it did a bit, but um, it was like, yeah, no, it was pretty horrible. It was just you have to start somewhere I guess but it was like a sort of um, the texture of a squash ball or something Ooh, it was dear. Not, not pleasant the first few that we sold to the public were ones that we made in a sort of proper we started renting a premises of another cheese maker um, and started making there although even that was there's quite a lot of trial and error when we started there and um, and is, is goat's cheese as well as being ridiculously delicious is it is it does it have sort of good properties if that makes sense i know that's an odd thing to ask is it ask. good for you yeah well yeah is it better for you is than it... cheese cheese dairy cheese well that is dairy cheese what than sorry not dairy cheese. cheese cow cheese yeah then cow cheese or cheap sheep cheese that's the one isn't it sheep cheese and I think in, um, it depends what you're coming from but i think i would say like yes um and it's a really it's a really traditional form of preserving milk it goes back like thousands of years you know we found they found cheeses that um 
you know, of, they found evidence that people have been eating cheese in you know ancient civilizations wow. even before. So it's a really ancient way that we kind of discovered to preserve mm. milk um, and the kind of the nutrients in milk. Um, so I kind of think you know on the whole we the things that survive a long time sort of know what we're doing. It's a complete food. It's not a um, ultra processed food. Yeah. Um, it's a fermented food. Um, so you know like kimchi. Or yeah, we were salad. talking about that on one of our mm. previous podcasts about all the sort of well-being around yes. sort of those fermented, fermented. foods yeah because we were having sauerkraut which i'm not entirely sure yeah. is fermented but yeah <laughs> yeah it's the same family as that you know yeah. all these things that are using molds and bacteria basically to um preserve um and those things are shown to be really good for um the gut biome um and they have loads of i mean if you I'm, i actually you know i don't i'm not anti um plant milks or anything like that or milks in inverted commas but um if you look at the nutritional content of, i use only barista myself but um uh, if you look at the nutritional contents of that, you know, it's basically oil, water, mm. <laughs> and um, it just doesn't have, whereas like milk and cheese have, you know, such a massive range of um, vitamins and minerals in them. So they are very um, nutritious and, you know, a little goes a long way. I think that's another thing where you're thinking of like um, how much, you know, if someone sits down to eat a steak or something, you'd usually have, I don't know how much of a steak you have, like... 300, 400, 500 grams of steak or something. Yeah. I mean, no one would ever eat that much cheese at a sitting. You don't need to, well... Well, debate. Well, I was going to say, yeah, it depends <laughs> what sort of day Christmas it's Christmas wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but most normal you know, people. Be, yeah. Um, yeah, kind of something that you can... You don't need much to make a, you know, a really nice dish with loads of veggies and stuff like that. So... Um, yeah, I would argue that. Like, what you I think if you could, you'd probably struggle more to argue that, like, a supermarket cheddar, if you eat, like, loads and loads of that without anything else in your diet, that's probably not going to be great for you. That's a lot more processed, that kind of food. Or, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Daily slice or something. Oh, like that. yeah. Um, like, golden you know, cheese. Much more processed, those yeah. ones, aren't they? Made, um, yeah. You know, our cheese. Like, they are, it's a pretty straightforward, um, you know, easy to digest kind of food um, full of nutrients. Did you find it hard not to name your first two goats, or did you? Oh, they're all named, aren't they? Are they all named? <laughs> yeah. I don't necessarily know them all by name now, I must say, but um, they all have names. And I, oh, I know, wow. Like, I don't know. At least yeah. two-thirds milkers by name. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. I just thought they'd be numbers, like, you know, goat 42. They numbers as well, actually. They all have individual tags. They have to, by law, have yeah. numbers. But you still um, name them. I like that. And then numbers sort of become names. Like, there's definitely certain characters. Like, everyone knows a number, you know. Uh, what, the number actually then ends up defining their characters? Yeah, well, not defining their character, but, you know, if someone says it's Goat 62 or something, I definitely know. No, which uh, one they're talking about, goat right? 60, he sounds like a troublemaker, Goat 62. <laughs> he, she, I was going to say she. She, definitely Yeah, she, definitely yeah. a she, definitely uh, a she. <laughs> and, um... Do you have like you know how on farms they have like um, lambing season? Do you have like a little baby what a kid? Sorry, I'm, yes, that's do right. you have kidding yeah. season? Yeah. Oh my god, that must be adorable. Yeah. Incoming, in fact, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we've got some due in March and oh, April. Outgoing. They must be so sweet. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. They um, maybe um, we should go and visit. Yeah. Through a really naughty, like annoying teenage stage when they just. Um, escape and destroy everything is there a particular bacteria that you 
could choose from or is it always the same thing in cheese making that you would choose a particular type of bacteria no not at all no so they're all um from a class of bacteria called lactic acid bacteria which is quite a big um group and they're all bacteria that make lactic acid um and they're non-pathogenic so they don't cause they're not harmful they're helpful ones um um, but there's absolutely loads of different types of them and they're used in all sorts of different applications so they're used in things like um i went on a mead making course just for christmas oh, and they're used them in mead making so therefore i assume other types of like brewing and um you know fermentation and also if you make silage you know which is a way of preserving grass um mm. or the crop uh, that uses lactic acid bacteria as well um, but yeah, no. Within that, so for a cheese making, you can get ones. So you can get lots of different strains, um, or and combined in different ways. Um, and there are different ones. You get a group of them called mesophilic ones, which like sort of medium temperatures. Um, and then you get ones called thermophilic, which, as you can probably guess, like mm-hmm. higher temperatures. Hot, yeah. Um, so cheeses that are made at a hotter temperature, like um, cheddar, for example, um, or harder cheeses tend to be made at hotter temperatures. They they'll be made with um, more of the thermophilic um, type of bacteria, whereas ones that are made at a, so our, our cheese is actually made at twenty two degrees centigrade. So that's pretty cool. Um, so ours are more the mesophilic bacteria that um, we're wanting to be encouraging. Um, so yeah, sorry, I've now forgotten your original. Well, no, yeah, you you, no, you've you chose it a particular type. Yeah, there's yeah. loads yeah. of different ones. And so once you decided on your type of bacteria, you then said, okay, that's it. That's the one we're going with because that's the one that works with our cheese, and it goes particularly with the milk. That. Um, there are so these bacteria are naturally occurring in milk, which is why you get milk will sour um, naturally. Uh. Um, and some people they don't they don't buy in any um, bacteria. You can you can use um, your own milk. You can sour milk from your own animals and use that as a starter. So you're cult- basically cultivating the lactic acid mm. bacteria that are particular to your farm. Um, it's got it's, it needs to be done very well and very carefully. Mm. So it's something we we might in future but you can also um buy um you can buy ones that have been pre you know identified and made and Mm. um (laughs) it's a bit um yeah, it's a bit easier to get a consistent result if you do that. But um sourdough starter kit type thing. You know it's definitely gonna work. You're after so yeah a lot of people use um either home cultivated or be used away from some cheese makes to then start the next cheese make because it's got the bacteria already cultivated in there. Mm. The thing you have to be careful about is that, I mean, people tend to think of pathogenic bacteria when they think of bacteria. Yeah. And as a cheese maker, there are definitely some pathogenic bacteria that you have to be very careful about because yeah. mm. you're creating the perfect environment for bacteria to flourish in because you want all your good bacteria to flourish. So you have to be you know, pretty damn certain that you haven't got pathogenic bacteria mm. in um else you yeah, can find yourself um providing a sort of wonderful a wonderful home for those ones to mm. um, flourish. So yeah, that's why using um the kind of uh the pre cultivated strains can be um make your job a bit easier when it comes yeah. to food safety. But um it genuinely yeah, it it blows my mind how scientific this all is like like there's so much involved and to just take it on obviously i know you've learned over the years but yeah. there's so much to know you know i just buy a, some goat's cheese and i go mm, that's delicious and i haven't for one second considered <laughs> everything that's involved why we just said yeah there's so much involved it's yeah. astonishing yeah. um um i do think if you think back like a lot of people did you, know, you do 
I was saying, like, someone at some point just discovered t- t- cheese, basically. Yeah. I know, lucky and then. And milk, and then thinking, oh, wait a minute, I could do something with this. So you don't have to, you know, there's that level of understanding um, what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I sometimes think it's, yeah, it's always easier to think in those, those like, terms. The, ter- the ways in which people first discovered these foods and these ways of preservation can often sort of be the most helpful in, like, really understanding what's going on. And the science, I mean, there is a lot of science to it as oh, well. it's just but, fascinating. Yeah. It's really fascinating. And your, your breadth of knowledge is pretty impressive very well, impressive in and fact. yeah the other the other bit of it which was going to be a bit of my other question was the fact that you mentioned you had um anglo-nubian goats and that was a decision you made really early on wasn't it that those are the type of goats you're going to have because amongst the different types of bacteria you'd want to choose to put in your cheese you also got to choose which milk yeah. from which breed is going to go yeah. into your cheese and you chose yeah. the anglo-nubian is that because that's a pretty tried and tested very good thing or is that just because it's slightly different or um, so, what is known about Anglo-Nubians is they have high um, milk solids, so um, they have like high fat and protein levels in their um, milk, so they're known as a sort of Jersey cow of the goat world. Um, they're not that commonly kept sort of in commercial herds, um, and uh, <laughs> in our wisdom phrase when I thought, never, never mind, we'll be able to make it work. <laughs> to some extent that we have and we definitely get really good yields from the milk so you get more cheese per litre of milk than you would if you bought in sort of regular um, milk from uh, non-Anglo-Nubians however um, we are now we've met most of our goats or increasingly we have crossbred goats we have Anglo-Nubian crossed with something else um, because it just um, makes the goats a bit more hardy um, a bit healthier they tend to um, milk a bit more consistently and, mm. and I mean you know hybrids are known for being healthy and we definitely see that so yeah we increasingly have crossbred goats but yeah the Anglo-Nubian influence is very strong still um, and most of them are at least half Anglo-Nubian if not more so yeah that's amazing. I realise that we've taken up quite a lot of your time, um, but oh, yeah, uh, honestly, yeah. I could talk to you for hours. And I just next time I talk to you, I think I'm going to have to have cheese present. Yes, um, and, and I will definitely point. be going to buy some locally. Well, maybe we, yeah, maybe we should go. Maybe we should invite ourselves round. <laughs> and um, uh, could you possibly yes, could you tell literally. us your um, website address for your f- farm or, or cheese company, yes. please? Um, our website is www. Perfect. Um, on my list of things to do is to check the websites up to date. Basically, you're busy. <laughs> 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 it is probably last year was the last time I checked um, how up to date it was um, but yeah go there also on Instagram um, great at Norton and Yarrow Cheese um, which is more up to date although I've also been a bit rubbish at doing that this although month. that is a much better name than ours so yeah. it's much more memorable Too many than our ridiculously yeah so well done one. for avoiding the underscore but um, no, thank you so much. Um, unless, Izzy, do you have any other questions? I'm... No, I shall shut up now because Rachel needs to go. And she does. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. Now, we've yeah. been far too serious for far too long. Should we do the little jingle? Because people love the jingle. What's that? The... Oh, gosh, it's not been that long. Have you forgotten oh, yeah, it already? I don't know what we're talking about. The... Oh, the random, random finger. finger. Oh, good. <laughs> Bacteria news. Oh, good bacteria. I know, I thank you. So, bacteria no, I know. Well, there's bacteria everywhere. But, right, I'm going to flick through <laughs> the newest paper and from Emily Coxhead, the happy news. I'm going to so, flick go, too. Go, go, go. We'll flick together. We'll do a dual flick. <gasps> okay, all right. And then what? We both say stop at the same yeah, time? Or? Ready? No, you say one after the other. Stop. Stop. 
Okay, good. Okay. Stop. Stop. And stop. Mine yep. is. Mm hmm. Could penguin poo hold the secret of life on other planets? Oh, I hope so, because that would be perfect. Uh, who knew that penguin poo that. is actually the answer to, to, to everything? Yeah. So scientists have been left perplexed as a gas normally find 38 million miles away on Venus has been found in penguin poo. A gas? A gas that should be in Venus. Wow. Is in penguin poo. Blimey. Um, these are penguins which are on the Falkland Islands. Um, and um, just for. We're convinced that finding this phosphine, which is what it is, is real, but we don't know what's making it. Mm. It's believed that studying the animals may help spot organisms on other planets. Last year, astronomers found phosphine in Venus's clouds, which could indicate the presence of life. Dr. Clements explains it's a hint of an indication of a possible a hint of an indication of a possibility. Of wow, there it is. Sorry, that's a hint of an indication of a possibility of a maybe. We're not sure if you lean that's slightly left on a Tuesday. Chat. Wow. So the, the the key thing is, but if we gather enough evidence in the future to show that it's there, the most pressing question becomes: How similar is it to life on Earth? Does it also use DNA, which would suggest a common origin for life on Earth and Venus, or is it something completely different? That's not. A very good summary. What's he got to do with penguin poo? Why is it in penguin poo? Yeah, well, I mean, what's the? Uh, what, who cares? I mean, I mean, what? What we're we gonna? We're gonna farm Venus gas from a penguin's bum? I mean, what? What's going on here? No, no, no. It's all around the fact that the the gas that is actually found in penguin poo is on Venus for some random reason, and therefore that means Venus could actually contain life. Oh, that's it. Yeah. So, that way so actually, that that why not test all poo? All animal poo. So, well, yes, that's what they're saying they're going to do. What, every um, animal? Studying animals may help spot organisms on other planets. Oh, that's a bit weird. Don't stand. As in, if there's that gas in that poo in that animal that's also on Uranus. <laughs> hey, 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 is that what it says? <laughs> no, I'm oh, making it up, that. aren't she, I? She made an Uranus joke. Uh, Uranus. <laughs> Uranus. So I have found one. May I... Now, now we've done with your... Yes, go, fine. But, hey, maybe we, should ask them, maybe we should ask this scientist to get in touch with uh, Rachel and test her goat poo. She might have like that's Mars... A good idea. She might have like Mars. Mars gas in her goat's poo. Yeah. Just yeah. saying. Yeah, I'm sure she mm. wouldn't mind. Um, so here's one. Community groups call for right to grow food in unloved public spaces. I like this because where I live, yeah. somebody has planted vegetables. They didn't last very long. Somebody took them all, but they weren't being very fair. Oh. They should have taken one courgette or one carrot. No, no, they took oh, a whole. It's good that the food got taken because I think what's worse is if you sort of see lovely like cherry cheese and yeah. stuff and no one's having... So, there's, yeah, sorry. So this one's called Incredible Edible, which is quite clever. A network set up in 2012 in response to its original group in... What is rid of these places? Todd Morden in the UK is campaigning for a new law to help people's well-being. Nice. The network is made up of over 100 community groups and launched in 2008 when it began guerrilla food growing on neglected public land. I like the idea of guerrilla food growing. It's got nothing uh, one to do with of gorillas. my friends from university was a guerrilla gardener in a city. So what, he just what, went and found a patch and then just... And planted a load of lovely plants. I think we and talked about that... this in a previous podcast because I heard uh, that you can buy these little sort of um, ceramic. They're not ceramic. They're like clay. They're shaped in the shape of grenades. Not ideal. And they've got seeds oh, in them. Yes, they've got flower seeds. Seed, seed bombs. And then yeah. when you lob them, yeah. they smash. But then in the actual material that's made the shape of the grenade, it's got like yeah. fertilizer yeah, and yeah. so it's really neat. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't 
condone lobbing that's, stuff that's, around. That's but... not really guerrilla gardening, though. Guerrilla gardening is like taking over a particular area that no one's using and making it beautiful. Is that not but trespassing? But for no personal benefit. Is that not trespassing? Well, if no one's actually doing anything with that bit of public space... Why not do something nice with it? Yeah, it is, it is probably, you know, you have not. Well, I suppose permission, it's like, I suppose it's like graffiti. It it's like graffiti with plants. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so everyone's got a bit of a personal view about graffiti. I mean, I was in Bristol not long ago, and obviously we saw tons of Banksy, yes, which true. clearly yeah. everyone loves. But that is basically graffiti. Garden Freety. Garden Freety. That's really bad. Sort of. Yeah, that's quite bad. Almost there. Anyway, so not not a huge amount of amazing stories in um, the happy news, but there are. We just we just touched on a few there. So yeah, we'll um, check out that happy news by Emily Coxhead. And now we have and our now, other section called. Did you know? No. Is this to do with good bacteria? Yes. Oh, good. Perfect. It's ten facts about bacteria. Oh, I don't want all of them. I'm not signed up to the account. No, we're going to get all of them because literally I just Ooh, have the okay. the thing, and I don't have the explanation. Did you know? Bacteria is older than dinosaurs. Very relevant. Makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Actually, of I course. bacteria has been around yes. I mean, it's the, yeah, since the beginning. Did you know? That bacteria is as fast as lightning. I did not know that. No matter. Mind you, who's test? Who's run anywhere? Oh, yeah. Um, we sort of did know this next one. Did you know? Bacteria are good to eat. I mean, with the actinal generation, aren't we? It depends which type and other, and other back, good bacteria are yeah, available. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Although this one's a bit weird and I want to know more about it, but I can't because I don't have a subscription. Um, it says, did, um, interesting facts about bacteria, it says galactic sizes. In other words, some bacteria can be a massive, like the size galactic. of a galaxy. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of scary. You wouldn't get that in your what cheese. scary is. <laughs> Oops. That would be a large cheese. <laughs> Did you know? This is actually a really good thing, actually. They're almost always completely harmless. Hence, most bacteria is actually good. Yes. Um, as Rachel was saying, it's only the pathogenic stuff, which is kind of minimal, but the moment it gets in there, then obviously that's a bad thing. Did you know? Uh, bacteria was discovered in 1674. Long time ago. God, it took him ages to find it, given it had been around since the dawn of man. Yeah, but I or pre dawn of man. Science properly dawn of dinosaurs, in, wasn't it? Enlightenment yeah. and everything. Did you know bacteria only has one cell? Yes, I did know that actually. And they have a unique shape, which I think we do unfortunately now know because we know now the difference between viruses and, and COVID, bacteria. Yeah, don't yeah. We? So we've got to know a bit more about that now. Is that all you have for us? Because I've got a few. I've got. I've got a few random ones which I might use. All right then. Are you ready? Yep. Did you know? The average person falls asleep in seven minutes. What's going on to do with bacteria? I know, I just thought I'd throw some different ones in there. Well, it's very much the average person too. When, who wants to be average? There's nothing wrong with average. Um, Did you know? That rabbits like licorice. I mean, I don't know if that's true. Oh, Please, don't try, don't try Please don't try it. Please don't try it. Please don't. I'd quite like a rabbit. Please don't try it. What to eat or? <laughs> no, to pet, <laughs> to pet. Did you know? I think we did know this. You mentioned this. Did you know birds need gravity to swallow? Do you think we all do? No, I guess we don't because that's no, not. You can be eat fine. in space, can't you? On the, but yeah, birds they don't have gravity. Need it. Yeah, birds need gravity to Ooh. swallow. Well, because I suppose maybe they just get pushed. Oh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one. And um, one more. I'll get you one more. Um, Did you know? The most commonly used letter in the alphabet is... That's a really dull one. A. E. Oh. Yeah. E. Yeah. E. E. Cheese. 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 It's got two E's in it. Cheese. Cheese, yeah. Did you know the moon 
it's bacteria. Made that's got an e in it. Bacteria, cheese. Oh no, no, we're not going to go into this. As they just said, most words have e in. Them. Yes, all right, okay. Yeah. Um, I and I think I think our final section is AI. 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 Can you do it properly like me? AI. That's not um, AI. And AI is no longer from Snapchat. It's oh. now ChatGPT, people. Oh, my God, Chat the times have GPT. <laughs> no one knows what the G, the P, or the T stand for. But Really? Well, they do, but I can't, I can't bother working out. I want to Google it quickly because, yeah, it's a good point. ChatGPT. So I'm going to ask, um, I'm going to ask my ChatGPT, do you, let's just see what, the, do you like bacteria? Generative pre-trained transformer. Well, I prefer GPT. Um, tell me a fun name of a bacteria. And do you have anything to ask, Izzy? Maybe you could say what's the best bacteria Ooh, that's very, in the, the world. Ooh, isn't it that galactic one? Well, that's the biggest. Sure. Here's a fun fact. Oh, here's a fun fact. He's quite fun, this. Or she, or they. Um, sure. Here's a fun fact. The bacterium deinococcus. Oh, dear. That could be pronounced wrongly. Radio durans is known for its extreme resistance to radiation. It can survive levels of radiation that would be lethal to most other organisms, making it one of the toughest bacteria on Earth. I think I've lost his to chat GPT. Um, That's oh. bad bacteria, though. Okay, what is the best? The healthiest good... one is apparently a lactobacillus bacteria. I'm sorry, are you chat which GPT? Which is in probiotics now. Are on you chat GPT? <laughs> Izzy is now chat. I'm Googling when, it. By the way, we are not sponsored oh, it by Google. Do you fight off diarrhea? We, well done, everyone. We have, <laughs> we have said Google quite a few times. Um, well, I know it's become a verb, hasn't it? Verb. Um, verb. Lactobacillus is one of the most well-known beneficial That's what bacteria. I just said. Yeah, commonly found in yogurt and other fermented foods. Yeah, and and that is what you have as a prebiotic. Um, what? Okay, now now I'm just going to ask, what would my name be if I was a bacteria superhero? That's more like it. Let's put him under some pressure, or she, or they. Sorry, I'm, I don't mean to keep. I'd sex, say they. Yeah, it's literally the. If you are, here we go. We've got it. Okay, this is a good one. If you were a bacteria superhero, you might be called Micro Guardian. Oh, very good. Or Probiota Protector, <laughs> embracing the microscopic world with a touch of superhero flair. I quite like that. Okay, what, give one for me. What about my friend Izzy? As a, as a bacteria superhero. I mean, honestly, put ChatGPT to the test, because this is some poor person that's probably going to have to answer these at some point, because that's how the um, AI learns. Um, oh, here we go. For your friend Izzy, a bacteria superhero name could be Isobiotic Defender. Oh, I'm seeing a bit of a trend good. here. Oh, no, I was a protector. You're a defender. Isobiotic. Or okay. Micro Izzy Marvel. That's interesting. They decide that I'm a defender and you're a protector. Protector. It adds a playful well, touch sort of to the similar, mi- oh, here we go. It adds a playful touch to the microscopic world of bacteria. It. Uh, Something else calling you an it. They don't know who I am. Either. Anyway, so we didn't find out a lot from ChatGPT, but just go out there and find it and ask it questions. I mean, some people are terrified of it. I love it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. Um, anything else? Now, next week. Uh, we don't know who we're going to have yet. We might have um, some personal trainers. So yes, we will be getting get other, other guests. guests. Of um, which, a 
trainer will definitely be one of them. Personal we will trainer. hopefully do um, Sleepers Pub. Yes, uh, yes, we will. We will at some point. Sorry, that's been and a long time. Your idea was sleep. Sleep we, expert. That, we used to do um, the taste one, and that's that's massively overdue. Yeah. And um, yeah, Kev had the very good idea earlier on of doing one about sleep. So sleep. we might. Uh, I've I've got a few sleep experts. I'll see if I can get one of them to come. Amazing. So that's yeah. um, that's your lot. But maybe we should try. And, well, yeah. Okay. So we'll be doing. We'll be doing one of two opposites basically we'll either be talking about sleep or we'll be talking about exercise yeah. next week yeah or in fact maybe you know we could see what people want nah <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, we, no, no, we, no. We should, we should get feedback. We yeah. should. We and love feedback. feedback. Do polls. Yeah. We may pay attention. It may be down to schedules. And but... it has been a long time coming. And I, I, we are genuinely going to. And it's Kev mostly on me. We, that no, this is going Kevin to be... doesn't promise. We are going to try and be consistent because our editor says that's how you grow an audience. And we had no idea. No, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, we so did. We so did. So that's it. What is coming up in the very near future? Kevin and I probably will see that you can try and go on to Rachel's farm because that would be really fun yeah, just to go and be. see. I mean, maybe especially, although it would probably be annoying if we did this, but it might be quite cool to go and kill try and make season. some try and make, and try and make some cheese. No. Uh, Izzy just gave me a blank look as if to say, no, she's got a real career. You can't yeah. mess it up. <laughs> Again, we may get in the way with that. Yeah. But anyway, we should definitely go on a literal field trip. That'll be fun. But um, as I think we mentioned in the last episode, um, a long Te- time ago. you managed to tag and harass Silent Disco Lot. I did. And a huge thank you to the Silent Disco Lot. So Kevin and I are going to be Silent Discoing it quite soon. Therefore, we may well have a podcast relating to that in coming too. Yeah. Thank you to Incredible Silent Discos for our tickets. Um, we're looking forward to it and we'll mm-hmm. be talking about silence um, uh, and well-being I suppose once we've shoved our faces full of goat's cheese yes so, yeah. I don't know what order we're going to be doing that in although that'll be in silence too probably wouldn't it yeah I won't be talking whilst I'm... <laughs> no you mustn't talk with your mouth full so um, yeah that's everything thank you very much everyone um, do follow us on Facebook and Instagram you know all the tags and the addresses is that what they're called tags don't. no we don't um, <laughs> and if you want to email us you can it's Hello at thegoodstuff.co.uk. No, no, what is it? It's the Good Stuff Podcast. Is it Hello at the Good Stuff Podcast? Hello at the Good Stuff Podcast. Well done, Izzy. It worked. I mean, you forced me to say it so many times. No, I forced you to say the Instagram. And and the other one. So, yeah, anyway, so follow us on hello at hello at goodstuffpodcast.co.uk no the hello at goodstuffpodcast.co.uk please 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 I don't want to beg but I will if I have to Uh, rate and review us on wherever you listen to your podcast we're pretty much everywhere now except as we said last week we're not on BBC Sounds until we get a job with them Um, so if they're listening give us a job and do give us feedback yes please any feedback and talk to us on Instagram I will reply um and tell everybody to listen to us because we're we're getting bigger, everyone. We mm. like like that cheese that Rachel was asked to make by her friend. A mountain of a mountain is coming out of a hill. Yeah. Is that I don't know. That's, that's like a that. bit weird. What was it called? A mountain cheese? No, what did you Synodin call it? Mountain, Synodin Mountain. Synodin Mountain. Hill. We are getting or bigger. Mount Synodin. Sorry, sorry. Mount that's Synodin. what she called it. That's I remember better. it now. That's better Mount than, Synodin. That's better than Synodin yeah. Mountain. Mount Synodin. So yes. So that's it. Follow us on Instagram. Follow Norton Yarra Cheese on. Instagram and on Facebook. Tell us which one you and would we will prefer. Give you some free... And we will send you yeah. some free cheese. But I will only do that if we get at least 50 more followers on Instagram. 50? 50. What do you think? 5,000? 
I well, think we need well, to be realistic. Thinking, we need to be realistic. Whoever actually does it, I'm going to give it to my sister again, aren't I? Is Your fine. mother and my yeah, yeah. sister are going to be having some I think between us, we've probably got 50 people in our them. family. So we're just going to buy us. We're going to win. No, there will be. No, we won't win. It's like those things on the back of a cereal packet. If you're if you work for them, you can't you can't oh. win. So yeah, we can't win the cheese. Someone will win it. Well, we have to pay for postage. So I hope that makes sense. I'll post the rules on Instagram uh, once we've spoken to Rachel. Um, yeah, so yeah, about this yet. that's all we have time for today. Share, rate, and review us wherever you listen to us and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Join us next time for more good stuff. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you look hard enough, you'll always find the good stuff and some goat's cheese. Yeah, if you look hard enough, you'll find Norton and Yarrow cheese. This podcast was brought to you by us and Peach Pubs. Together we always serve the good stuff.